Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 74. Um, as always, joined by, uh, you know, Hunter and uh, and Chase. But we've actually got Blate45 from the Discord joining us today. Um, hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, do you want to give me a little bit of an... Bit of an intro to uh, you know your you know your Valorant rank, what agents you play, any other interesting tidbits. Uh, so uh, I have been a long time Riot game shill, been playing League since 2015. So I started playing Valorant like as soon as it came out. Started in about silver, gold, whatever, and currently I've climbed all the way up to Ascendant One, and I think I'm stuck there. Oh no way, dude! Last time we had talked, which was like I don't know, like over a month ago, you were Diamond. So congratulations I, on I hitting think Ascendant. That was with the, I think that was with the reset. So I yeah, because you were Ascendant before, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't reset, know you hit it before. Climbed back up. Congratulations yeah. again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I'm hovering, like, about to fall, mm-hmm. and then I get back up. So it's just, I'm, I'm surviving, barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as for roles and stuff, uh, I... I've only played controllers this act, um, and I'm mostly a Phil player, so I guess I play controller mostly anyways. Um, but I'm pretty well-rounded, I'd say. I can hot bang out the Sova or the KJ or Cypher if it's necessary, but otherwise I think I just love Brimstone and Omen, <laughs> like most controllers. Mm. The old tried-and-true classics. Yeah. Brimstone, interesting. Cass is judging you right now. Be Ooh, aware. It's not about judging. It's just like I was just thinking that like I felt like Brimstone was the uh, uh, what's the way to put it the the guy who doesn't play controllers controller or Brim mains. Uh, I mean, it's kind of both, but um, I I usually pick controller based on map, so it's not like I'm yeah. married to the Brim on like. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll play him on Bind, Fracture, um, the ones that where it makes sense, but otherwise I'll usually play Omen. So must be nice, eh? To have a choice. <laughs> yeah, actually, how, no. I just love the brim, actually, man. I just love you, it. Yeah. How did you get onto the brim? How did I get onto the brim? Yeah. I just got onto the brim because I was tired of seeing no smokes in my games, and so I was like constantly filling Truth. smokes. And then I realized that I was like filling smokes every single game and i was like i guess i'm a brim main now <laughs> <laughs> buddy yeah i have to fill smokes and i'm like all right guess i'm playing jet and smoking my own entries <laughs> there you go so like, oh we need one for market and i guess i have i guess the other one's for me to get on but, yeah i will yeah, say so, yeah go but, ahead Cass, go ahead oh i was gonna i was gonna ask blade so uh what, what controller do you play on what map uh so Astra is like the only I play Astra on Pearl and maybe Split, uh, Brim on Fracture Binds and maybe Ascent, and then I think I play Omen on the rest. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how the rundown goes. Alrighty, pretty cool. pretty easy choices, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's been way too much Valorant talk already. I think uh, I think we're missing something. Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah, you're right. True. Chase. Am I even the host of this podcast? Or... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, you know what? Wait, you you mentioned you got some interesting uh, selections to make here. So you wanna you wanna kick off what uh what you're drinking tonight? Yeah, yeah sure. So I have since uh, I'm from Kentucky, uh, home of bourbon. Mm. I have a couple of bourbons to choose from, and you guys get to pick which one I have. Ooh. So I'll start with the less interesting one because I don't think it'll be picked. Uh, it's Old Forester <laughs> 1920. Uh, it's 
a very strong bourbon, 115 proof, uh, very flavorful. It's really good. Uh, you can actually mix it with a different Old Forester to make 1915, and that's apparently very good. I haven't done that yet. I have some in my house, but I haven't done that yet. I'm going to help myself the other being one uneducated, have... but what does the number mean, the 1920 versus the 1915? Uh, so 1920 is uh, just like the style that they came out with. It's Prohibition style, and I think oh, okay. that's why they made it that. Like, it's really strong, 115 proof, so like it burns, but it's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a 1910, which is like old fashioned. And then you can combine them to make 1915. I see. Just the, average name of the of the cocktail, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Fun, yeah. fun. With two bourbons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that, the other one I have. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> and then um, the other bourbon that I have is, it's called Blanton's. It's, um, it's very hard to get. It's really good. And it's actually, I think, the bourbon of choice for John Wick. So oh. it's featured in the movies. It's actually prominently with the racehorse. You can see that. Yeah, well, racehorse on the top. See it. That's uh, a cool bottle. Really cool bottle, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah that's really bottle. cool. Now, I know he ends, he ends up having a lot of influence in his movies. So is that because it's like Keanu Reeves' like personal favorite bourbon? Or was it just, you know, the showrunners, the producers decided it would be good? I have no idea. I mean, it's a it's really hard to get. Like, mm -hmm. um it's actually easier to get, like, probably for you guys in BC because it's uh, just people know how good it is in Kentucky. So it's like probably like sixty dollars retail, but you have to buy it for like hundred fifty. Wow! So, oh, yeah. like, like resale or something? Like somebody's yeah. got a bottle of it, sell out immediately. Yeah, it's just or yeah. even the liquor stores themselves are like, we can sell this for two hundred dollars, whatever. <laughs> we'll try it. Funny. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like 1942 out here, according to Chase. Yeah, Don Julio, 1942. Oh, yeah. Um, just insane. Like you can't even buy it. That the, the uh, liquor stores when they get shipments, people line up. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. So, like, if if it's not if you don't know the date and time where they're getting a shipment in, then you you just can't buy a bottle. Wow. And that's tequila. Yeah, it's right? pretty common. Yeah, it's tequila. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a. Uh, I mean, it's a like two or three hundred dollar bottle. Mm. Have you ever bought one of those, Chase? No, I've never bought, bought <laughs> that. Um, it's really easy to find Class A Azul here, though. They're just at every liquor store. I don't. I feel like people just don't. Got it. Got it. Like it as much because it's a reposado and not an añejo. But mm. all right. Well, Blake, you seem to have uh, made the choice for us there. Unless anybody disagrees. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm with Cass <laughs> on this one. That's that John I mean, Wick bourbon sounded really cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, the well, other one seemed like it would burn a little too much for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 115 proof is a, a strong guy. Yeah, that, that's uh, a. I like to put that in drinks. I, I don't know if I'd. I mean, 115. Maybe the mix would be would be good. I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, feel, I feel like it's probably a really good bourbon. Percent, but... Though, I mean, that burn if you're drinking that straight. Yeah. Well, Hunter, I know what Chase is drinking, and Chase knows what I'm drinking. So, what are you drinking? All right, it's story time. So, um, I'm at the liquor store today, and my main goal was just to buy some uh, white rum. And so, I, I have the rum in hand, and I was like, I do have some, you know, some drinks already picked out for the podcast coming up. But let me just, you know, take a glance along these shelves and, uh, and see what there is. If, any, if anything catches my eye. And I was like, eh, I might not get anything at all. And then, all of a sudden, I saw a certain... Uh, beer on the shelf that rocked my world. Okay, I'm going to paint a picture for you. 
imagine this, you know, you're a single dude uh, and you've told yourself you've gotten over your ex. You've worked it out in your head that you're never going to see her again. And you're at a party, you know, there's a bit of a lull, your friends are doing something else, you're just standing there. Then all of a sudden, you feel someone tug on your shoulder and spin you around. It's her. And she just starts kissing you out of nowhere. And you're just like, this wave of emotion washes over you of like, how is this happening? But this is freaking awesome. And then there's still one more twist yet to come. A couple like, you know, after a certain point, you realize, wait a minute, this isn't my ex. This is my ex's twin sister. So that was the experience I had today. <laughs> what I saw on the, what <laughs> what, what I saw on the shelf there was Impending Doom by Heavy Seas. Now, if you guys don't remember this, this was one of my favorite beers of last year. In fact, my single favorite beer of last year. And it was a limited run beer from Heavy Seas that was just fantastic. And I was so sad when they stopped selling it. So I see this and I'm like, oh my God. So I buy it, but I was like, I wonder why it's green when previously the design was the exact same. Everything looked the same. It was just pink instead. And I look it up and what I thought, my impression before, and maybe it was this way and switched. I kind of want to figure it out. I thought Impending Doom was one of a series of experimental beers. But it turns out that at least as of now, Impending Doom is actually the line of experimental beers itself. So this is, I had had the first one in the series that I love so much. And then this one is actually the fourth in the series. But like reading their description, they're kind of trying a different twist on the original for this one. And sure enough, it does taste very similar. It's just, I think, different hops in it. But like the extremely strong citrus taste and the very high, the 9.5% um, alcohol, it, it hits just as hard as before. And, you know, it made my like week seeing that in the store. Um, so your ex's twin is like a smoker now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I guess she always was. I just had never met my ex's twin until just now. So, yes, I am very much enjoying myself tonight. That's just such an insane story that I had no idea, one, where that was going. Yeah. Um, and, two, it just it, it feels like it is spoken from experience. So Well, that's uh, the weird. It's not exactly spoken from experience. The missing an ex and being happy to see them is basically spoken from experience but the twin <laughs> sister thing that that curveball that, you know. that comes from uh, from your dreams <laughs> I, I guess i guess the I dreams i don't remember but it influences <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i don't know if we could top that um now well, we did drive 12 hours for this beer Cass and i the, the one that we yes <laughs> yeah. um, so that i mean that's a pretty uh not exciting story actually um we mm -hmm. got up to go skiing this morning um, beautiful day out, blue skies, going to be some nice spring skiing. And uh, I go pick Cass up, whatever. We're, we're driving up the highway and uh, we hit some traffic. No biggie. And then not, not, um, you know, the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, no biggie, no biggie. Um, except then we continued to hit that traffic for five hours because there is an accident on the road and they shut the highway down in both directions. Uh, we were also past the point of no return, so there was no turning around. It was like you're barriered in on both sides. Oh, my God. And stop traffic. Uh, and so we, instead of getting to go ski, we got to chill on the side of the highway for about five hours. Mm -hmm. Not Nothing better, honestly. There, there was technically mm -hmm. a point where we could have bailed. Yeah, but it was early. But it, it was, was early. early. And people were bailing up at the front of the line. We didn't know that, but people were bailing up at the front of the line. And so then the the 
sea of cars moved forward into a point where we were not able to bail. And that's where we were stuck for the vast majority of this time. You didn't realize what you're in for at that point. Yeah. No. Well, it, like it looked like every 45 minutes to an hour, things were moving. And so like, okay, well, you know, and we also don't know how far ahead this line stretches. Um, so we're like, all right, well maybe, maybe they got it like single tracked or whatever. And like, they're just letting a couple people through from each side, kind of like, as emergency vehicles are entering and exiting the area, a couple cars can get by. Um, Because, like, you know, roughly every 40 minutes, we'd move up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah, we just crossed the last point of return somewhat early on in this endeavor. Yeah. And so we left left this morning at, like, 8.30, um, and the road finally opened at about 3.30. 3, maybe 3 p.m. Um, so that was a long day on the highway. And so the mountain closed at four. So we're like, okay, well maybe we can make it up just for like one chair ride. So we like, I'm fucking driving my ass off trying to get up there. Yeah. Um, and we show up at the mountain at four ten. Mm-hmm. So 10 minutes too late to catch mm-hmm. the, the last chair. Oh my God. And we're like, what I'm the like fuck it. do we do now? Uh, let's go to a brewery. So we went and we grabbed these beers, uh, went to coast mountain. And, I haven't heard uh, of that one. We both, hey, we've definitely had it on the podcast before. I think it's a uh, the Hope You're Happy IPA, mm-hmm. really good hazy. Um, yeah, it's like, just... yeah, it's a flagship hazy from Coast Mountain. Um, somewhat run of the mill in terms of hazy IPAs out here go, but like delivers on that. I think I think it's very good. Yeah, yeah. like run of the mill doesn't doesn't necessarily mean bad. Like, yeah. Gas is a bit colder than mine right now since I forgot to put mine in the fridge. So I'm Mine's assuming his is cold. better than mine. But but like, no, because so obviously we got them out of the fridge at the brewery and I was kind of fueling up the can a bit as I pulled it out of the fridge. I'm like, hmm, well, like, it's not quite as cold as I would have thought, but eh, whatever. Um, and then we drive down the highway. I put them back into my fridge here prior to our uh, premiere game. And I just pulled one out now to start the podcast and they're still not very cold. So... I don't know. There's some insulating but, material in the can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, that's what both Chase and I are drinking today. Was, oh, yeah. Uh, Just to give uh, a little bit of context, how long is the drive normally to go up to the slopes for you guys? Oh, like an hour yeah. and a half to two. Okay. So just extended by like just by three or four or whatever. Yeah. Like eight hours. Oh, no. <laughs> well, the whole trip. It, the whole trip was extended by like eight hours. Yeah. yeah, there and back. Yeah. Oh, so it was still bad going back too. Oh yeah, because there yeah. was five hours of traffic uh, stopped both ways that then needed to get through. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole highway was fucked. And then like coming back down, you just hit the city, and traffic was bad again coming back. So yeah, I'm glad you guys were able to make it uh, to our premiere game. We were worried that we would have to. We we were worried too. We were, yeah. Yeah. We Cass were called me. We He's like, hey. Let me let me let you down easy here, buddy. We might not be making it. <laughs> I was like, oh shoot. Look, is one of letting the... you know about my pod process, prospects yeah. too. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the people in the um in the car like needed to be dropped off in Wes. And so it was like Well we kinda kinda gotta get up there. <laughs> so funny. But we did. We made it yeah. and we got this beer out of it, so you know. Uh so here we are. I hope you're happy. Mm-hmm. Was worth um, it. Offered the beer. 
All righty. Well, onto some Valorant stuff here. Uh, but you wouldn't happen to have a little soapbox you'd like to pull out of your pocket, fold oh, on. I'm sure he does. Yeah. And on Let's top go. of a breach. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is about the KJ changes, right? Sure. What? I mean, you you well, have no, a... this is your this is your direction. Take it however yeah, you like. Yeah, soapbox is up to the guest. You can stand on it and you know say whatever propaganda you want. We reserve okay. the right to throw rotten fruit at you if we want. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> George Bush did nine uh, eleven. So um, I looked at the patch notes that just came out for the new act, and. Um, Something that was very contentious, in my opinion, were the changes to the KJ stuff. Um, Riot put out that they were going to nerf KJ, and they finally did it here. So uh, they nerfed the Nanoswarm reveal radius from uh, 350 to 525, and then they like updated the audio to make everything better. Um, so in the Valorant comments, it's a very common sentiment that people are like, guys, why are they nerfing KJ? They need to buff other Sentinels. I don't necessarily agree. Uh, and the main reason is because KJ had so much guaranteed value that, like, it was ridiculous. She had an 80% pick rate in pro play that I don't think necessarily, like, would be usurped by a different Sentinel, like, regardless of, like, if Cypher or Chamber were better. And that's, like, mainly what I, I think. Well, I think if you... You made enough buffs to chamber. Can we all in favor of voting Cass off the podcast for the night? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, Blake, you can you can fill in, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, Blake, because like I I agree and I disagree with you that like at a in terms of should KJ be took taken down a peg, I'm not so sure because as people have pointed out, I'm sure you've heard this as well, that like Part of KJ's high pick rate is is buoyed by the fact that uh, for the pro play that we've seen, her two worst maps where she probably would still not get picked of um, Bind and Breeze have been out of the pool. So you bring those back in and immediately her pick rate falls by, I don't know, 10%, 15%. Um, I, don't, I don't know about Bind. I, I'm not sure. But, uh, but, but that being said... Is Cypher more meta on Bind? Yeah, I think, I think so. Like, I think uh, no sentinels the most. Yeah, meta. I think no yeah, sentinel yeah. somewhat mm. meta. But then people like people would still play a killjoy if they really wanted to just disrupt plant specifically on on B site to give the team enough time to rotate over to try to make the retakes a little more feasible. But anyway, but I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look up that. I'd be I might maybe mm -hmm. I'll say some stuff in the Discord after. Um, but when it comes to this change in particular, and this is something Cass and I disagree with about, I don't think this particular change is going to kill KJ, and I'm not sure that it's going to affect the meta all that much. So I'm curious to hear what you, Blake, what you have to think about, what, you, what your opinion is. Do you think this change does much to change the balance of the Sentinels? I think it mainly just like affects the edge cases. It doesn't really yeah. affect the power of KJ in and of herself. Like having like insane setups that are like useful they're still going to be just as useful because usually they were hard to kill the trips anyways or the the mollies anyways mm -hmm. so it's like that doesn't really make much of a difference unless they were actually nerfing the damage or anything like that yeah. and being easier to the spot makes it just 
easier to like, oh, I see that one while I'm lurking. And that's like a little bit less power that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really think it makes that much of a difference. And I think she'll still be probably just as meta until they well, bring back Bind. Well, I guess Bind is back. So Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, I, we'll see how I this changes it's, things. It's but it's not back in pro play yet. Thing, right? that's, that's the thing. Neither Challengers nor um, VZT has Bind in the pool yet. I think mm-hmm. no, actually does. Yeah. What? Wait, what no. Does? Uh, they played Bind today. Hundred Thieves versus NRG. Oh no, Bind. you're right. Yeah, I guess they it must is have this changed week, their. Yeah, it is. The... So yeah, for this week. Oh, it is Bind. I was going Bind off is... of. I was going off of the past thing where they would give people like a full couple weeks, but now it's like a regular season. I guess that's not the case anymore. I think and it I was think... like the next week from the patch. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, but before it was like for the entire power. tournament, and in this case, mm-hmm. like it's a season spread out. So I guess they're treating yeah. it differently. Yeah. Also, I think the teams had the power to be like, do we want Icebox out now, or like, what what time do we want it out? Mm. Since it's in a partnership league, they probably were able to be like, hey, we we've known Bind. It's not like it's a new, fresh thing where everyone needs to figure shit out. Like, it's Bind, like, one point three or whatever, like. Probably shouldn't be too hard for them to figure stuff out again. They know yeah, how their mo- their strats still work yeah. and everything. Uh, yeah. I've got, yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess I've got two points here that are somewhat unrelated to each other. Well, before so you I get into those the... casts, since just since it's going to be really quick, just pulled yeah. it up. Uh, NRG versus Hundred Thieves on Vine. Neither team played Killjoy. Oh, okay. Um, what what I was thinking of was, it's kind of a little like weird to ask the partnership teams whether you want to put a map into the pool. And one, because, like, the teams are probably going to vote based on whether they're better at the map that's being removed or the map that's being put in. Right? Like, if you look at NRG's case here, right? I guess, like, SOM popped the fuck off on Icebox, but I can't say how well the rest of the team did. Um, whereas the old NRG Corp is known to be really, really fucking good at buying. Yeah, I mean, we know for sure that Fnatic was, like, Please keep Icebox yeah, in for exactly. as long as right. fucking and, yeah. they Fnatic, fucking destroyed people yeah, in Icebox. Fnatic yeah. is going to yeah. yeah. keep Icebox in. So like, I feel like it's a bit weird to ask the partnership teams in that scenario. I don't know um, if they do. I like. I feel like yeah. that's an unsubstantiated, unless you know more than more than us, if you have any insight onto that. But Yeah, uh, my name's actually Yay, so uh know all about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, you don't sound that dissimilar from Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But, um, I mean, it's pretty common, like, when you're in a league like that. Um, I know for the League of Legends franchise leagues, obviously it's a partnership versus franchise, same difference. Um, but the teams make a lot of decisions, and I think if it's the majority of teams being able to, like, vote in or out, like, as long as it's not, like, 50-50 or something like that, they probably would be fine with letting the teams make some decisions when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there I, maps I think it's in possible, League of Legends, but... by the way, or is it just one? There's just one map. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. there's other there's other maps that like are for fun kitty game modes, but there's one map that like okay. is competed on. Yeah. Okay. The complexity um, comes in the different like characters that you play. Yeah. Yeah. Which are very different compared to <laughs> Valorant. Like it affects so much more. Well, and like there's a whole economy in League as well in terms of like yeah you know, buying stuff besides just your <laughs> your guns and a couple abilities, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I played Dota once. That's my knowledge of. Uh, <laughs> of I have no idea how they work. I I watch a game. I'm like, this seems yeah. like cool, like a competitive esport. And then like I watch a game, and I have no fucking idea what's happening. There's too yep. many things going on. There's numbers on the screen. Yeah. Like I don't know what's going on at all. I I Basically, tried to learn how to play League, and it did not work. And I still don't understand what the fuck is going on. Uh, basically for league, uh, it's you're basically trying to kill like these little minions and the other champions to try to get gold, which you can buy items with, which will make you more powerful. So it's like imagine like to put it in like shitty Valorant terms, it's like you start with the classic, and as you keep on like farming and killing people, you're able to get like a better gun, and then like it stacks on top of each other, like. Like, there's, like, times where it can get to a point where it's, like, oh, yeah, this one character has, like, four vandals on top of each other where, like, there's nothing you can do. He just hits you <laughs> once and it does 160. And yeah. you can spray it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Some some layman's terms for it. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Just slightly ba- back to the Killjoy thing. Um, the, the change to her, like, reveal radius on the mollies. Um, I was saying it seems like a bit more of a consistency change. Right, because now the radius is equal to that of the damage done. Is that correct? I believe. I uh, believe. I'm not sure. I think I saw something like that in the patch notes. Now I've never played Killjoy, so I have no idea if that's true, other yeah. than me like remembering that. Um, but if that's true, then it kind of makes sense to me that like you know if you're going to be damaged by the thing, you should probably be able to see it. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know how much of an impact that will have for the reason that. All right. As myself being a Killjoy main from when Killjoy came out, and not through the whole time, but I was a Killjoy main for a, a intensely for a brief period. Uh, pretty quickly, the strategy became that whenever possible, when you're mollying for post plant, you might have one molly like right on the bomb, and then the other one around a corner or like on a different plane, like somewhere that it's not immediately visible when you go to diffuse. And like, right, so it's not going to be visible still. Exactly. So as as long as the audio has stayed the same, because you would have heard that. Like, I don't think there was a scenario before where you could have not heard a Killjoy Molly that's going to damage you. No, you um, definitely hear it. Right, right. So like, I, yeah, my, yeah, my opinion, I am agreeing with you that it's a consistency thing. And going back to what Blade said, it's being like an edge case thing. I, I really agree that there are going to be some cases where it matters a lot, but those cases aren't going to happen like all that often. But what what I think is way more relevant than than its reveal radius is the fact that they're now visible when Killjoy's out of rank, which oh, I think yeah. is way more. Do you mean relevant. suppressed? No, no, no out no. of like, range. When Killjoy is out There's... of range of her mollies, Cash, you're talking nonsense. There's no range for mollies. Wait, what? Mollies you can do globally. Mollies you can do globally. Yes, yeah, mollies are global. Uh, okay, what did, it, what, did what the fuck did I misread from the? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it was okay? Well, alarm bot is now visible out of range. Yeah, now it now you uh. No, that was revealed like that. when disabled. So when when your KO um yeah, so it affects KO specifically then. Well, KO yeah, or when you're dead. Is that or what disabled means? Well, I would imagine also if you're dead as well, they can just immediately see them. Of like, oh, there they are. Oh. God, okay, yeah. yeah. I so assumed disabled, disabled was I assumed disabled was out of range. Okay, now I understand why you had such a different opinion yeah, than me, I, Cass. I, I, yeah. I assumed the exact same thing. I'm not gonna Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna fault you for that at all, having okay. as I said, never played her. Like, <laughs> I, I definitely assumed the exact same thing. Yeah. No range restriction on the nanos. Interesting. Yeah. So sometimes okay. you can yeah. just like pray and 
throw out your activate your mollies when you're on a site after you guessed wrong on ascent yeah 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 they're probably online yeah (laughs) yep um okay that's interesting because i i thought that was going to be a huge change which it's not yeah okay yeah that's not i mean it's actually probably somewhat relevant for ascent because ko's played a lot in ascent and killjoy's played a lot in ascent yeah true true um that was a problem in our premiere game earlier today. Well, the the KO, not the KJ. There's no KJ. No, I'm saying their KO messing up our stuff. Oh yeah. What yeah, was yeah. the problem? Yeah. Um Yeah, okay, you're right. I think this Killjoy kill change is not that significant. Um but then also like I mean, sure, it's technically a bit of a nerf, but like I, I kind of agree with what you're saying in terms of, like, it's not necessarily that, like, you need to nerf Killjoy. It's more of that you need to give people reasons to play the other Sentinels. Um, Who was saying that? But, Wait, yeah, I think that's the complete opposite. Yeah. Of what Wait, he what was, was saying. Yeah, what? yeah. Did I yeah, just understand everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, I think you did. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's what I would point. say, but I didn't say that in this podcast. And Blake was saying the opposite. Yeah. So... I can kind of like go back or beforehand. Uh, so actually the detection radius is actually larger than the actual radius. Now, mm. according to the nano swarm wiki, apparently there's wikis for individual abilities. Wild. The radius is four and a half meters and the detection radius is 5.25 meters. So, oh, okay. Interesting. So it's a little bit longer, which I still don't see it being that much of a, like, a huge deal but that's there um but my main thing was that um like kj is so prevalent and ranked especially because she has a lot of guaranteed value um we were talking cast when you were like learning mm-hmm. uh cypher stuff like to get value out of kj all you have to do is put your shit down and then oh the alarm bots tripped press my mollies maximum value or mm-hmm. almost maximum value obviously you can always get more uh but with like cypher or um chamber or sage there's a much more active component i think like first off like to get kills with cyphers you till you need a gun there <laughs> like that that's the only way people are going to be stopped same with chamber and then sage like you need to use your util at a proper time so it's like I don't necessarily think buffing them unless they're like absurd will necessarily change. Okay, Got how it. I everything misunderstood will go. what you were getting at. Um, and I think Tony put it in an interesting way because Tony just finds Killjoy, which I would generally agree with. He finds Killjoy um, what? Boring. Oh, okay. Uh, Tony just like finds self censored the... somehow, but yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> weird. Like you, yeah. Just uh-huh. that one word. It was impressive. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Cass did not like... utter a racial slur there that I had to cut <laughs> yeah. out. He literally just said boring. <laughs> I swear. Um, Nothing you guys know of. We don't know why. But, uh, why would you say that, Hunter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Basically, Tony was just like, the reason why Tony liked Cypher is that, like, you got to be crafty with Cypher. Um, and that's what Tony finds interesting about playing the Cypher. Um, which, like, it, it brings into the idea that, like, like you're saying, there's a lot of guaranteed value from Killjoy. 
there's not a ton from Cypher. Unless you're just putting very basic standard trips that are just like, hey guys, they're not here. They could be right behind it. They could have jet updrafted or omen TP past it, but like I can tell you they're not right the fuck here. Um, yeah, I mean, just the addition of a damaging element that Killjoy has, right? So you just don't need to put a body on the line to react off of that utility uh, in the same way. It's also more AoE, too, in terms of... Yes, I know you have a hate boner. Uh, hate boner well, no, but it's AoE not even cast. that. It's like, it's more of like, uh, like, like take Garage on, on Haven, for example. Uh, yeah. If you place the Alarm Bot and both your Mollies in Garage, and the Alarm Bot goes up, off, and you pop both those um both those nanos sure that's a pretty heavy investment but you can guarantee nobody's in garage okay so i'm i was just waiting to jump in at, at a certain point okay. i think this is the point yeah i have a bit of an issue with calling kj stuff guaranteed value because to me guaranteed value is something like a brimolt where the minute you pop it that area will be just inundated with damage to the point where people can't, you know, stand there. You know someone's not there once you pop your ult. You can die immediately after. You can be, you know, anywhere in the rough range of it. Whereas with Killjoy's stuff, you know, any of her, her, any of her things working besides the mollies depend on her being in a certain radius. And then all of her stuff is uh, destructible. So, like, you know, you can shoot, in the case of Garage, what I will often do if I'm playing against a Killjoy is I will try to destroy the Alarm Bot without fully entering Garage once I figure out where she's putting it. And then, you know, if I shoot the Alarm Bot and back off and she wastes her mollies, then, you know, they don't, you know, they guarantee no one's there for that specific moment, but they haven't really done all that much. Yeah, but, but when, when those mollies, or while those mollies are going off, nobody's in Garage. Yeah, but if I'm planning for that, then that's not a big deal. No, I understand that's not a big deal, but it, it but it tells the enemy team definitively, hey, no one's garage. A there is inherent value in using those or having that damaging ability threat, which I think isn't the case with other Sentinels. Yeah, just to be clear, I do agree with that point, with the idea that that's much more than Cypher brings to the table, because if you have a trip in garage that goes off, <laughs> unless the person is on uh 10 health and they can take 15 damage because they don't shoot the trip which is an incredibly rare situation then it also only does one it's, person it's five oh, okay it's five. well five right so <laughs> you're under five <laughs> hp and you just don't shoot the trip and die except in that extremely like rare edge case you know you have to have someone around it to really capitalize off of it so like i get i would fully agree that kj gets more consistent value the, the word guaranteed is what i'm hung up on a little bit, but I'm agreeing with the general for the rest of the conversation. Well, it's just guaranteed space um, in a way. I guess, like, it's not necessarily guaranteed because, yes, it could be destroyed. Like, you could exactly, yeah. it. You could, mm -hmm. right. you could see them now before you're in damaging range and shoot them, whatever. Versus any um, other molly where once it's out, you know, it is guaranteed value. Yeah. 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 But, like, obviously you can pop these from anywhere on the map. You can preset them up and then yeah. you don't need, like, necessarily need lineups. Um, but, yeah, like, with cypher trips like only one person gets tagged by them right so if your trip is set up somewhere someone gets tagged someone else on their team could push past that into an angle that you're not expecting quite easily mm -hmm. right but if also, you pop a, a kj like nano next to your alarm bot when it goes off like no one's pushed past that or if they have they're they're exuding like a heavy toll for like quite a bit of damage by doing that like yeah yeah they could have like you know tp you're or... drawing blood for that opportunity versus a cypher trip 
It's like global is nice and global's great, but for defense where Sentinel will shine, like I don't think the global use of the utility is actually extremely relevant in mm-hmm. like the power of a Sentinel. There's also the need to face check it. Yeah. Like, like if my trip goes off in garage and someone breaks it, right? I, I don't know if they've pushed through, whether they've backed off, whether they're just chilling there. Like, someone needs to face check that and and be like, okay, nobody's garage. They backed off to grass. Like, we, we still have this space versus the Killjoy Mollies. Those go off, and it's like, okay, guys, we still have this space. You can freely take an angle on garage now. And you can now hold garage while being in there. Whereas with the cipher, you have to be a lot more, um, like proactive mm-hmm. rather than yeah. reactive about dealing with that. Um, but like I, I think the global utility point that you just brought up late would be more relevant if there was more time pre-round, which on literally any other role besides Sentinel would be incredibly annoying having more time pre-round that you just like dick around for and just have to kill Knife time. the barrier. Yeah. yeah. Um, like yeah. that'd be really annoying for every role, but Sentinel, but for Sentinels, like the, the global utility is something that like I make use of when I'm playing as Cypher against a KO with all it's like, Hey guys, I'm going to go set up my trips on B and like my cages on B and you guys are going to have to play off them. Because I'm fucking sitting A. Um, yeah. Like, I, I am not going to be in range of this KO if he hits that site. And then if he hits A, where I am, that's fine. I don't have my utility anyway because I put it on the other site. Um, but, like, that's the only time that it being global really ends up making a difference to me. Because I don't really have the time to be like, okay, hey, like, I'm going to set up one cage and one trap for you over here and then let me know when you want this cage popped or that trap will just hold an angle for you whereas i'm going to play off my other cage and trap on this other side or this other area of the map like there's just not enough time in the round i mean pre-round sure but mid-round i think it's much more useful being global because you could have rotated over and now you have an idea of when you know if they've cut noise oh now i know they've uh, they've gone back to the other site or they haven't. Yeah, especially with your right, cam like, to be proactive about, somewhat proactive about that. But in, in a lot of scenarios, like, in which that happens, and Tony's just like, whenever Tony's, like, watching me play, he's constantly like, dude, like, check your cam, check your cam. Um, and it's like, but I don't really care that much. Like, I'd rather be here with my gun out, ready to take this fight. And if they go plant A, they go plant A. If they go hit my trip A, they go hit my trip A. I think some of that but is just saying that, that you're plant. not a cypher meme. <laughs> no, but like they. I going... actually kind of agree with. I would agree with Cass perfect or one hundred percent there. Like, uh, I when I envision playing Cipher, I like envision Split because okay. I mean that's like Looks the, the central Cipher map. Uh, so like if I have my setup B and then we're like, oh, they're hitting A, they're hitting A, they're hitting A, which happens even in Ascendant when they lie and say they're hitting A. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But. You you rotate over and like the thing is like you can check your cam and knowing that they're there like is it really that much more value to know that they're in B main versus hearing that they planted the bomb <laughs> like there is some aspect that where it is like more useful because you have time but 
it's probably better to hold that cam still even for the retake when the time comes. It's I like guess. I'm like I'm I'm not going to be able to do anything about them planting. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's like I, I like I'm not gonna be able to stop the plant going down. Sure, may, maybe I can see if somebody snuck CT or whatever, but at that point I'm also revealing my cam, like where its location is, when they have no worry about someone swinging them while their crosshair is going to shoot my cam. So it's like it's like, okay, great. Like I know that they're at B a couple seconds before we would have otherwise. But it, it doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, you're also ignoring the fact that your trips are also global. No, it's like same thing with the trips, right? Like, yeah, like I'll leave the trip up on B, sure, because it's not going to help. Like, the trip isn't going to help me much in a retake. Exactly. Um, but, like, it, but... That, that value is, like, something. It's some value on the trip. Like, I understand what you're saying with the cam, but, like, the trip, it's not like you're repositioning it on retake. Yeah, but also, like, a bunch of them, like, and, like, this is something I, I probably should get better at doing in terms of, like, if I have a kill trip set up, like, as I'm rotating off, I should probably pick it up and relay it to not be a kill trip. Because um, mm, I've had that before, where I, I rotate, like, I was playing a kill trip set up, I rotate off, people just jumped over the fucking trip, because um, they were contacting up the site and saw it. And so it's yeah. like, so like if, I'm, really playing the, if anyway. I'm playing the kill trip, well, what the fuck did that do? Because I'm not in range to hear them jumping it. Whereas if I'm playing on site, and I'm like, playing behind a wall or whatever like i hear you if you jump that trip or you tp past it or whatnot um but yeah like like the fact that it's global is nice it's just as blake pointed out being a sentinel your job is to lock down a given area you're probably in that area anyway yeah if you're getting off it like the trip's still nice to be like oh there's someone there but i think like cypher's global utility is way more useful on attack because, like, you can... That's way better for, like, knowing rotates of these people versus, like, oh, they're in that site that I'm off of already. Oh, shit. Yeah, when I was thinking of the cam for that, I was thinking of, an like, an aggressive cam that's going to see a significant distance before they would hit your trips. Like, you know, if you, could, if you had a cam that you could see on ascent out, like, into B Garage far before they would actually hit your trips... And so then you could, you know, actually give us significant, you know, five, ten seconds to get over to there when you see that there three of them are rehitting B when we're not really expecting that. But yeah, yeah but in... unless somebody's unless somebody's playing mid, like they're still beating you to site. Well, yeah, but like maybe they don't get planned for free because you know. Yeah, but that's a time. It's just to... a timing thing. Those seconds mm. can matter. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yep. it can. Like, yeah, and like, yeah, I, I, I'm not yeah. saying it being global is worthless. Yeah, neither, and and I'm not saying it's it's the end all be all. I'm like I was saying I was envisioning a specific scenario, which doesn't always happen. You know, mm -hmm. there are times when your cam is somewhere else where it doesn't give you that much forward info, and it's better for you to just hold the angle you're holding. Um, I, yeah. I think it's actually pretty relevant what I said earlier when it comes to like the KJ mollies, where like the global thing I think helps in the edge cases, where mm -hmm. like there's times where it could be extremely useful. I think it's yeah. more useful on attack in more cases, but like on defense being global usually isn't extremely relevant. So yeah, I can see that's that. fair. That's fair. Um, and and I think, it, no, so keep going, keep going. Okay. So, uh, I think like a good way to kind of, uh, say like my wrap up my whole like KJ soapbox thing in like general is like, people won't stop picking KJ because like, imagine this, like there's the magical person who's you've already picked four and they're going to fill Sentinel. I know this will never happen 
ever. <laughs> like and they're like, oh, imagine... I play all of them. Like, yeah, whatever we yeah, want. Yeah. Whatever. Like, imagine this magical case. I would like ten times out of ten rather them pick Killjoy over Cipher because I think like at least they can chuck that fucking Molly. At least like that that turret will catch something. Whereas, On Splitter like, Breeze, though, you would rather Killjoy than Cipher. Probably, I mean, like, huh? Interesting. You're okay. thinking, you're thinking like random people that don't know anything, like. Oh yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, like, so you're not saying like they play all the Sentinels. You're saying like they're just happy to fill. Yeah, they're happy and to they're, fill. They need yeah, to fill Sentinel yeah, okay. here. They're Cass, and like he didn't play Cipher for an act. And <laughs> Cass was like, "I will graciously play Cipher or KJ." Yeah, wow, that's that's quite a like, like yeah, a hard like, to I'm imagine a jet man, but I guess I'll, I'll play yeah. Cypher KJ here. We have a, a Reyna and a Jet already. <laughs> that's pushing the limits <laughs> yeah, of my like, imagination right there, Blake, but I, I'm yeah, doing like, my this best. It's never going to happen, but if it did happen, I would rather than play KJ 10 out of 10 times. Got it, got it. Yeah, I, I see where you're going. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, I'm like, yeah, it, it does have to do with the, like, the whole guaranteed value thing that you're talking about, although Hunter would disagree with that exact word choice. Um, but, like, would you not prefer maybe a, a sage in that context? And I'm going to eliminate Chamber from the conversation because I've played him a bunch. But, like, I, I've never played sage. Not once. Like, I... like would you rather I play the Killjoy over the sage here? I would say like Sage and KJ and Cipher are all or KJ and Cipher I think are grouped together and then I think Sage is a different type of Sentinel. Yeah, for sure. Um and I think Sage gets a lot of like I guess guarant or you hate the word guaranteed value, mm -hmm. but I think she gets way more like consistent value than a lot of characters, and I think that's why she has extremely high win rate. Uh so like I would say like I would rather you pick KJ or Sage. I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But like Cipher, I'd be like, get the hell away from that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you and don't Chamber. know jack shit. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, um, that actually kind of brings me into the that topic suggestion I put into the or I I gave you guys I think a couple weeks ago, or was it last week about the ease of use thing? Oh yeah, I, I was more talking about this guaranteed value aspect or this consistent mm -hmm. value aspect instead of ease of use that was the wrong word to use um like you guys were talking about ko a lot i think he's like pretty easy to use but taking advantage of the suppression doesn't happen in any ranks like probably below high immortal <laughs> or like yeah really really good use of the suppression like pro teams can make use of it yeah. very well, but I don't think any like my branded teammates in Ascendant can't make use of it. <laughs> so well, I, like, I, I, I feel like we talked about that relevant a lot, but... in in our premiere game today. That we we had these ideas for how we wanted to get out on site, but because a bunch of the Ko Nice are are unbreakable from wherever you would be based on where they come. Um, like there were a lot of times where it's like, well. I would like to dash out onto site right now. Yeah. And I can't. Or, like, it, it would be great if, like, like I got past the KO knife. And so, like, now I could dash out onto site, but, like... No uh, supporting utility, got caught. yeah. Yeah, and so it's, like, our breach and Rosova got caught. So, like, I don't have a, I don't have, um, a dart 
to go with to go with me. I don't I don't have that concuss going through. Uh, like there's no flashes that are gonna that are gonna come out so I can pop out of my smoke. Like I I, I found it in our premiere game that like I don't think that KO was particularly good. It's not like he had like insane mechanics or like really good like uh, flashes for his team or anything. But like he definitely got really good value out of that suppression mechanic, just in terms of we now could not do what we had planned. Um, yeah. Which is, like you're saying, in a ranked setting, maybe not all that relevant because you probably don't have too much going into... Like you're playing, say you're two or three stacked, right? It's like, well, yeah. you got some buddies that got a bit of utility, but like you don't have a full set play that you're going to be running. Um, whereas when you do, the KO knife is really fucking disruptive. Yeah, and just to be clear, if you watch the stream, you might not have had any idea that we had any sort of set plays planned. However, we actually did. We did rehearse a couple and uh, write them out and stuff. Uh, did they and work in the game? No. Them. no. So you might not have known that we did that. However, we did have some ideas. And I think a big a big issue is that um, we considered going against a Killjoy on defense. But for whatever reason, none of us mentioned the idea of going against a KO and how we would deal with the, you know, the suppression. Um, so that was a serious flaw in our planning that was exposed, um, during the game. Mm -hmm. Like Gas was saying. Yeah, I mean, KO, like, he can get insane value, and I mean, that's why he's so prevalent in pro play, because, mm -hmm. like, having that value of, hey, there's no util to stop you is important, but lots of times, util isn't what's stopping you in your ranked game or whatever. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. bullets. Mm -hmm. That's it's why someone like, just out aiming you. It's just aim duel stopping you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like I had that KJ comparison where it's like ten out of ten times I'd rather have a KJ. Probably like nine out of ten, eight out of ten times I'd rather have a sky over a KO. It's oh, actually God. really funny that you're bringing this up because we've been talking to uh Tony, who you've heard on the podcast. Um we've been telling him the same thing that uh especially Cass, that he's been playing KO for a while. We've been saying like in ranked games, Sky is just so much better, especially since he's in bronze. Like just learn to play Sky, and you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna on average bring a lot more value to your team for the situation you're in. Yeah, the only thing you don't have is the Molly, but it's like Mollies are great, but yeah. is that really what's gonna win you the round versus a dog? No, the dog yeah. is so much better, I think, and maybe like in bronze they can't aim, so you can heal your teammates too. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. higher time the, to kill at lower ranks, the heal has a bigger impact. The dog might now be the single best drone in the game, besides the fucking gecko wall. Um, your wall like, is nuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your wall's a body, yeah. so I yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, I know like, what you're saying. I, yeah. okay. like if we're gonna like plump all these abilities together, right? We're talking, we're talking gecko alt. Um, no, leave the old out of it because then you have to okay, bring your old into it. Yeah, okay. not an old. Okay. We got we got wingman when you don't use him to plant. Yeah, Roomba, um, the literal Sova drone, Sky Dog, and Yoru Decoy, and Fade Prowler, and Fade Prowler. Sky Dog is probably the best one out of those now. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that Sova drone. Like still has unlimited range of uh, like vision. Sight. Yeah, yeah. But so Skydog, uh, you can follow up the concuss. on situation. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, depending on situation, like where you're using it, I think that Sova Drone still has a lot of value. 
Um, also, like, the like, tagging aspect of Sova's drone, I think, is extremely powerful, too. Like, being able to get two pings on someone is just pretty insane, too. Like, knowing where they are with the drone and then also knowing where they are for two pings afterwards is also really strong mm -hmm. in terms but of that, too. I, I think that, like... Like, the, the single greatest asset that this provides is that, obviously, it takes first contact. But I find that, like, because you're, you almost want to use it to clear out all these, these ratty angles or where an ought might be, that you're, what you're really looking to do is you're, you're looking to take someone who is playing in a position where they have a one-shot weapon, be it a shotgun or an op, and remove that from play in terms of, hey, when my teammate swings, they're not going to die here. And I feel like the, the sky, like, a lot of times we're referencing, like, just people in ratty angles or, or like, they're on a save round, so they got some shorties tucked into a corner. And because the dog lasts longer, you can just clear more of those closer angles with it. And the sight, the, the line of sight isn't as important. Now, obviously, against an off, the, the, the unlimited range that the drone provides is generally better, which is why I think on, like, Ascent... Uh, you, you see a lot of Sova because people play Jet and people off on a set. It's a really good map for that. Um, and so the unlimited range that the drone provides is very nice for that. But generally speaking, I find that you get more, in a range setting, I think you get more value out of the Skydog than you would out of a Sova drone now that the time setting on the Sova drone is lower. Uh, so one thing, like I, I agree with you that in a rank setting, like I'd say they're different. I, I don't know if one's necessarily stronger than the other. Uh, I will say I am way more terrified seeing a dog run at me than like a Sova drone just teetering like through the angles. Yeah, and uh, I mean another thing to like kind of show how much like stronger it is is like. For Sova Drone, even if you get pinged, you can just big dick McGee it with your op and just hold the angle, dare I them. I do that all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, you're just like... I love doing that. Right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, it doesn't stop you, like, having a... being pinged. It's potential usefulness. Like, if it's on an explosion, I think the Sova Drone is probably more useful to be like, yeah, they're here, here, here. We kill all of them. We're going. But to scout and to, like, Getting to ready angles, Sky Dog is definitely better. Yeah, you're yeah. saying it, it definitely pushes off and off if you're able to get there with the dog. Yeah, um, because yeah. it's probably going to bait out the shot. Mm -hmm. Um, for one, because they're not they getting concussed and they're really in trouble. Yeah, concuss is also just going to back them up. So either way, you're you're probably baiting out the like you're you're moving the the op back. Yeah, yeah. So me and me and Blade here can reminisce on the days back when concussed didn't automatically unscope you in, in your uh scoped weapons and then it's Wait, that was a thing? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a thing at the launch of the game. Wait, were you still accurate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, same as normal concussed. Probably, your screen I mean, is just like moving a little weird, but like Oh, what? The... Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, I wish I, mean, I, I would go still think it's right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah, something yeah. deep in okay. Cass is now, just stirred. Yeah, there was okay. I, for some reason, yeah. in my head, I remember thinking that the concuss did not affect jet knives, hmm. and like I don't remember exactly. And I, I kind of sort of played out some scenario in my head, which caused me to realize why I thought this. But like, 
I, I remember thinking that, like, oh, you get hit with a concussion. I just pull up my jet knives and, like, I'm chilling. Um, but then Hunter and I tested it out in a custom, and it does slow down the rate at which you can fire your jet knives along with the screen bobble. Um, I mean, you can just headshot them, though, man. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, five head. Um, <laughs> well, you hit your first shot. Yeah, yeah, well, no, but what I think Easy. I realized is this was back during my day of when I was just, like, with knives, like, ah, I'm going to get one, and then I'm going to pick up the rifle. Um, and so I was big into the right-click, and also right-click reset Yeah. Uh, back then. So yeah. I, think what I, I think what I was talking about is the fact that, like, your right-clicks are still fine when you're concussed. Um, True. True. And, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just remember multiple scenarios uh, just getting on split getting concussed by a breach in like one particular game and i'm like mm, yeah but i got knives and just pulled them out and got the kill anyway uh and then was like totally fine and i think i just didn't left click a lot back then with jet <laughs> knives <laughs> i mean why did why would you do it i mean <laughs> right click was just insane and it used to reset too yeah yeah reset way better yeah, yeah now right click sucks ass like okay, I, right I is, is like... better now than it was when they made it like do half damage oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, they nerfed yeah. the shit out of it at one point. But like when it I, reset, I, I but did like... like tickled enemies. That was definitely the worst. The right click has been. I don't think they ever did that. I think they had it to where uh, it still reset, but to a headshot, it did a hundred damage instead of one fifty. So you still have to hit like an additional knife. Yeah, that right must click. that might have been what they did. Either they nerfed the damage somehow, and maybe that was it. No, yeah, but there was yeah. there was a point in time when it did not reset and they nerfed damage. There yeah, was I one patch were, where that was a thing. I think it was like a little compensation or a compensation buffer. They're like, oh yeah, that doesn't need to happen anymore. They're 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 blowing their load to get that yeah. one with the right click. Um, and like, I I still find that it's very nice in. In situations where I'm not concerned about my buy next round, and there's a good shotgun opportunity here. Yeah, Cass, you're, like you're, you're not correct. Right I just checked the patch notes. The re, the resetting went with the damage buff. When they buffed back the damage, they added that it, it no longer resets. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. got it. All right. So, so then you you were right in saying that it resetted, but it fucking tickled enemies. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, there's the, a damage fall off, is what it was. Uh, and okay. it was both what Blade said and what I said. The headshot multiplier was to two times from three. And also, there was a damage drop-off as well. They okay. were trying everything before they... Yeah, because they... Well, yeah, they didn't want to touch the dash. Right. Honestly, I applaud the Valorant devs for finding that solution. It, yeah. I think it's a relatively elegant solution to an almost unsolvable problem. Oh, I really agree. Because, like, on the one hand, while it's definitely, like, you know, a big nerf, it's still so cool to see the plays where you pop dash, you know, get a kill or two, and then get another kill, and then you have your dash back again. Like, there's a slight, there's an edge case buff with the change yeah. when you're playing yeah, really cool. well, and that really makes it not a complete bummer. Um, I, I also think that, like, yeah, what you're saying about, like, applauding the devs on that, like, I think they found a way to give, still give Jet what makes her fun yeah. without absolutely gutting her kit um like they left in the fun aspect for the most part yeah and like i think that's really cool now there are a bunch of rounds where you just you burned your dash and you got nothing out of it but like i think they left in the majority of the fun aspect 
the one the one gripe I have is when I pop knives and I have a dash available, I feel like it should be usable. That, that, that's like the one little thing that I have about it. Free dash. I can see you... that being cool. Like, I mean, that's uh... that's how neon works. You get a free slide when you pop. Well, it, it, it's less about like that. I get a free dash when I pop alt. It's more about if I have that dash sitting in my pocket. I feel like with knives, I shouldn't need to prime it. Yeah, it I is think like I I just think it would be a cool mechanic because when you pop knives, you have that wind stuff going on the side of your screen, which is very similar to the wind stuff you have when you prime your dash anyway. And it's like, I don't think it would make jet knives broken. Like, I just think it'd be a, a, a nice quality of life thing. Is, you know, when I got my knives out and I'm being hyper-aggressive, I, I don't need to worry about priming my dash. It's um, a little cheesy, though, if you take an op shot and miss dash and pop jet knives just to reset your dash. You know, I'm saying you don't get the dash back. You have to have the dash in your pocket. Yeah, he's like just saying like that you have... don't have to prime it when you yeah, have... It's not like he's saying, like, oh, imagine... Oh, 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 okay, I, I misunderstood. Sorry, I, I was thinking of a conversation that we had at a different time, and I wasn't mm-hmm. listening very closely. Okay, I got I it. I think a good way to put it is if if you pop your ult, it turns into old jet dash. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, with ult active and knives out, it can't be like I pop my ult, and I put the knives in my pocket, and I pull my ult back out, and I have old jet dash, because that'd be kind of bullshit. Just yeah. with knives out. Yeah, but it's when you have knives out, your dash is always primed. But then if you put your jet knives away, then you just not have your dash? No, then I would have to prime my dash. So you have a dash that's active and, you know, usable immediately. Okay, I guess when that could work. It sounds prime. weird, but I guess it could work. Yeah, I just that, don't think jet needs thing. another buff. I, yeah. I, don't, fine. I, don't think, yeah. I don't think that needs another buff either. I'm just saying it'd be nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could just imagine the shitty situation that could happen. Like, imagine if Reyna ulti didn't, like, pop orbs if you already used your orbs beforehand. Like, you ran out of them, and then you pop your ulti, and you didn't have orbs again. You're just like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can kind of see it in a that scenario where it's like, I pop my ulti, I'm fully unleashed, I can do old jet things but mm-hmm. jet does not need another buff yeah fair enough yep yeah uh going back just what i wanted to say about the original soapbox thing i know we're kind of far removed from it now but uh i, I wanted to to state my my final opinion on it which is that um as always i feel like i'm somewhere in the middle of uh of the killjoy versus other sentinels uh nerf and buff where I think that Killjoy is insanely strong right now, and I think she needs to... Uh, there, There is, like, a nerf aspect that should happen, but also there that's in combination with the other Sentinels needing to come up a bit, just in general team comps. Like, a Sentinel, I think, should be played on most maps, if not all maps. So, like, the fact that we were just talking about how, like, meta bind comp is no Sentinel seems a little bit weird to me. Um, and that means I think that there should be a, there needs to be a, a buff to the other Sentinels as well, so that there's somebody meta there as well. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the thing that I had to say in context of that is like, because there are only five, like there there are four agent roles, and there are five agents you get to pick for any given game. Um, and I think in the pro meta, 
double initiator being one info initiator, one flashing initiator is like very standard. And then, well, if you want double smokes, well, there's no room for a sentinel. And Viper on defense can pseudo function as a sentinel. Which, is, which is, I think, like, I, I, I think you're in a position where both Viper and um, Astra can function as pseudo sentinels to the point where you don't. Like, yes, you don't get dedicated flank watch on, on attack, but you still have the, the fuck you, don't come here aspect on defense. Especially with Viper. Yeah, Viper for sure. Because mm-hmm. yeah. now that Astra is, is nerfed so much, like, if you want to use a suck or something, you know, that's a significant, that's significantly cutting yeah, out you the tools. You pay for it. You pay for it. Yeah. Trust me, I know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, one... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All you. Uh, so, what I would say when it comes to, like, I think there's definitely still room to buff um, Sentinels, uh, but I don't necessarily agree that they need to be, like, on every map. Uh, Sentinel, like, I think just makes up for deficiency in a lot of players, like, in terms of keeping space occupied. Sentinel just allows you to cheat a little bit. Like... You can easily play a game no Sentinel, and I think that's fine. And like, I think sometimes some of the best Valorant games you see are without Sentinels because people have to actively know the space that they have and actually check it. Sentinels sometimes feel like cheating. It's a lot of passive awareness instead of active searching that can have that sometimes has to happen. Yeah, I guess you're you're right on the on the whole map like being played on every map thing like I, I don't really give a shit whether they're played on every map but i do think that it's it's maybe more like a killjoy is not in a terrible spot with how like broken she is but like she could come down a peg and everybody else come up a peg and it would make things more even uh amongst that role yeah um i don't think that killjoy needs to be knocked down two pegs basically yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, I don't think KJ needed to be ner- or needs to be nerfed a, a ton. I was just I was just seeing the discourse online about like, oh man, they're nerfing Sentinels again. How dare Riot do this to us? <laughs> Hardworking Sentinel mains. It's just so hard to be yeah. one of us. And it's like, bitch, you just have to put your turret down. You don't have to shoot <laughs> anything. Come on. <laughs> Funny. I don't. You don't have to even throw your molly out in like a right slice. It's already there. Like, stop crying. <laughs> I don't. I and like I. I know I've said this before on podcasts, but I feel like Sentinel is by far and away the hardest role to balance. It is. It's. It's really hard because it's as I was saying, it's passive utility versus like when you're when you're playing Brim and you're mollying, yeah. you're making an active choice to expend this, whereas a Sentinel, it being there is power in and of itself yeah like and another thing that only me and blate will probably remember along these lines is that uh some valorant pros uh well i mean they were barely pros at this point but um like kiko was one of the big ones a lot of people who were big within the valorant scene when kj's abilities were leaked before she actually came out they were really really worried about the turret they were saying you know this turret has no place in a game like valorant like this is going to be a really big problem and then it turned out that, you know, Riot did a good job of making it. People were worried that it was going to do significant damage. 
and that was going to suck. And then the fact that Riot made it so that, you know, it just tickles you. It's much more of an info thing. That really reassured a lot of people. But, like, people were up in arms about that before KJ came out. And that just kind of shows exactly what we're talking about. It's it's tough to make sure you're not going I, I did see in it – wasn't, it wasn't this week. It was last week's NRG game. Um, can't remember who they were playing. I remember three of them rotating off to go from B site to A site. And they heard the Killjoy turret down. And they had to wait for Victor to get there because he was the only player – with the amount of health that could challenge this turret. Which I thought was like, yeah. obviously, edge, edge case. Like, like this right, almost right. never yeah. happens. But like, I just thought that was such an interesting interaction in that there were two players in art who were ahead of Victor and could not safely challenge this turret. <laughs> and they heard the turret around the corner yeah. and they just had to wait for him to get there because he was the only player with the necessary health to break it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting interaction. Um But yeah, I don't know. That's kinda all I about uh, all I've got on in Killjoy soapbox here. Yeah, one Anybody I have one have super fast thing. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been thinking about a cipher buff. And I think the weakest part of Cypher's kit is his cages. And I think that a buff that I thought is that how many times this happens is highly up for debate. So I won't even throw out a number. But a certain amount of times, like at set intervals throughout the Cypher cage, there is a ping on anyone who is in the Cypher cage. So if you, if you know the timing and you go through it for a brief period, you're not going to get pinged. But if you're an enemy and you're standing in the cypher cage at these set points, you get pinged. Like just the quick immediate ping, not the Sova drone ping where it follows you yeah. for a little bit, but just a one-time yeah. thing. Just to, not... just to make it a little bit more punishing if you want to enter that. Oh, I feel I'm like not... that's nuts. Yeah, I can I'm see a, a counter that. or um, like a spin on that. Different sounds for if you're leaving or exiting the cage. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Like entering and exiting, yeah. So wow. like, if you yeah. can, if you hear the ping, and you hear two pings in, you're just like, okay, well that's two people entering versus a person entering and exiting. That that would actually be really interesting. Yeah, because right now someone can just jiggle into it and make it sound yeah. like there's a full fucking team running into your cage. Right. True. The, the thing that I was thinking that um that I like more is just one given trip can catch more than one person. Before it's broken? Yeah, like, until it until it gets broken. It's like, if three people try to run through a trip, all three get caught by the trip until it gets broken. Now, obviously, yeah. if a jet dashes through the trip, like, there's that now triangle between where the trip is, you know, tethered, and then where the jet is. Right. If that makes sense. And then, yeah. like, the people who aren't in those lines would now not be caught because the trip has now been moved. But, like... The the other thing I was thinking of, and, like, this is as someone who plays both Cypher and Jet, I feel like I should break the trip, but stay highlighted. But, like, when do you stop getting highlighted? Yeah, that's, that was that's my first hard part about it. Yeah, I, like, I guess it would be for an interval, a decided interval of time. Um, I'm not sure how long that interval of time should necessarily be. 30 seconds? Yeah. yeah. Um, what if you just instantly died if you broke a cipher trippish jet? You know, when you dash through. There we go. That that would make cipher truly. That's great. no, genuinely, that's what it feels like. 
<laughs> that, like that's currently what it feels like. I go through a cipher trip. I'm fucking no. You help. have a teammate there I'm to dead. break it, or you're dead. Yeah. No, no, but it, like my teammates don't break that shit. Hunter, true, Chase. true. What are you? Ta- I break oh, trips oh, for you a yeah. lot. What are you talking we about? We break trips for you all the time. You should the do that. Games is otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I I only caught like the very end of it, so I wasn't able to see. Oh much, no, there were. Uh, there, there, was, was there a cipher on the other team? Yeah, there was. There yeah, no, yeah, there, there was. was. There were there were yeah, two of times I died to people not shooting the cipher trip for me, but then the cipher didn't move his trips around a lot. So as soon as I like knew where they were, it was it was fine. Um, but also, given where the Sova was playing most of the rounds, that cipher trip was fucking worthless. Uh, it's outside of dealing with me dashing in, which I guess it wasn't worthless then. But, like, yeah, there were definitely way better cipher trips he could have used. Um, you no, know, it's just, like, I, I feel like I should still get that dash out, right? Like, my, my dash should still do something. Because I mean, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah and I think we all agreed that, yes, like, you should still break the trip with the with the jet dash, but remain highlighted. Yeah. It's like, give me my utility that I used. Right? Like, I'm, I'm using some utility. I want, I expect something out of it. I feel like I should get that. Um, and then the other thing that I found is I just get way more value letting other people play off my trips as Cypher. Like, the, the amount of times that I try to swing my trips and get, get kills and just, like, don't get as much value as I would have liked off that because... I need to pop a cage so that I can safely swing. Like, I need to pop a cage that's at my feet so that I can swing out and take this duel, but then, like, people see that cage come up and then start to spam it, or they get caught in a trip, but if I swing at this given angle, there's this other angle I'm exposed to. It's like... I just get more value by having my trips there and just, like, dealing with other stuff and letting other people shoot the trips. Which kind of sucks for my fucking... ACS, but like, great for mine. Yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony loves it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it sucks for your ACS, but uh, one thing I can definitely say for sure is that I am the opposite of a KDA player. Like, I literally do not give a shit about my stats as long as I win. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you look at my shit, like my damage per round, like, is bottom thirty four percent of like everyone. I'm just like. Fuck it, got the dub. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It, fair enough, yeah. I mean, yeah. the dub is what you're playing for. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I have a, an abysmal headshot percentage, but, you know, my win percentage isn't bad, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just but like... I guess that Chase can relate. That's just controller things, where you're like, <laughs> I, I throw out my util, Yeah, I did it well. I look at we the A around, a lot, fuck it, the, we uh, the assist. I'm like, hell yeah, I did, like... 50 damage to all of them as they were entering sight through my molly. Uh, that's like, my, that's my favorite thing when I, like everybody else has like a couple kills and like one or two assists and I have like 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they made getting assist controller so much easier by the, as soon as they like, if you get a, you get an assist as soon as they like leave smokes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they buffed the, the time. They increased the time after they leave the smoke. Um, yeah. In which you still get, counted for an assist, so you get a ton mm-hmm. of more assists as a controller that way. I know, I, I find that as somebody, well, outside of last actor I was playing Cypher, uh, like, whenever I'm playing Jet, assists are the worst. Because it means I didn't fucking kill someone. Yeah. And it, it's one thing if, like, 
oh, you're entering site and I, I wall bang you with an op or I leg you with an op and then somebody just cleans you up. Like, yeah, that, yeah. all right, that that's fine. But it, it, it sucks when I've got a rifle. Um, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I hit three people for 80 damage. And then my team comes in and cleans them up and I get three kills. But it's just like, well, well, fuck me. I should have hit a headshot there. Yeah. I mean, it's just different on different characters. Whether yeah, no, for, for the sure. kills or the assists. Right. It it just like it sucks when I'm playing Jet, seeing like a twelve in my assist column, and I'm just like, "Fuck, dude, I'm shooting toes today." Um, just just can't clean up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jet or Cass, if you wanted to climb, like you just don't lock in Jet. You just pray that your uh your hopeful Smurf just locks in Jet for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You just enable your you enable your Smurf. That's how you win. That's, that's what okay. You do. So oddly enough, there were a couple times towards the end of the act here that I was I was solo queuing, which I never fucking did. Um, and I think a lot of that came down to playing Cipher made me feel a lot less like pressure to perform compared to picking the chat. Um, and so I was like, ah, you know, if I go into a fucking solo queue game and I have a bad game, like, fuck it, whatever. I don't really give a shit. Um, but also I'm playing on an alt, so I also give less of a shit. Uh, but it was kind of nice, or, like, I, I really saw the dichotomy between, like, oh, the jet on my team, obvious fucking smurf, dirty bomb, can't miss a shot, versus the fucking Christ, dude, I should have played jet here. Why the fuck am I stuck in, or why the fuck am I stuck entering on Cypher? Um, and there's yeah. this, yeah, there's just a huge dichotomy and there was, I don't think I had a single game where the duelist on my team was like the right rank, if that makes sense. They either feel boosted or like not, not or near like their doing actual rank. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're not doing their job as a duelist, regardless of what the rank is. And therefore I believe that they're probably not at the right rank. Um, or they're smurfing like there was no oh i feel like they're doing their job and they're getting a fair amount of value and a fair amount of kills out of their utility um for this given like for what the rank that we're at is right um or just that like because i have no problem with duelists so like you get a raise on your team right they're awful kda totally fine are you going in and are you getting a space and are people following up on that yeah, and if people aren't following up on that, well, that's the rest of the team's fault. That's not yours. But like, are you giving us the opportunity to to move forward, get out onto site because of the pressure you're creating, or are you just playing second fiddle, waiting for the fucking sentinel in your team to push up and then hoping to throw a nade out wherever bullets killed them from? Because that doesn't do shit. Yeah, I mean that um yeah, Raze I think is probably like the working man's duelist, I would say. <laughs> like um like I don't give a shit if the the guy is just fucking feeding cuz he's if he's throwing his nade and doing like his job properly, it can look ugly sometimes. I mean, there's pro games you see where like there's these people running it down on Raze and you're like, yeah. They're probably doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're just, it's not going their way sometimes. And that's what happens. Uh, I actually remember one time it was the very odd instance where everyone else locked in my roles on like fracture, I think. 
I was like, wait, Brim's gone? Breach is gone? What do I do? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> very, like, very rarely, but yeah. <laughs> and I think there was like Cypher gone too. I was like, I don't. Fuck it. We ball. I'm going raise. Yeah. And I just feed him my phase off. And I was like, I'm in sight. I'm going. I threw my nade. I satcheled in. I died. Who gives a shit? We're winning yeah, the utility round. Utility use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah, I don't know how many like... topics we have here. Um, yeah, but I'm just I'm just too excited to to hear Hunter's thing that I don't know if yeah. it was even on the docket or. Yeah. But I I can't wait another moment. I've been waiting for it. I'm really hope I was really hoping we'd be talking about it. My agent My challenge went a little long. Act. Sorry, it was I, I don't even know what Hunter's thing is. My agent challenge for last act that has been a secret until now. Oh fuck me! I totally forgot about that. Uh, I clearly I give less of a fuck than Chase does, but Hunter, yeah. no, I've been thinking about this for like two months. <laughs> okay, Hunter, fucking lay it down, baby. Yeah, Come yeah. On, whip, whip your cock out and drop it on the table. Well, we're right, gonna do predictions. That literally, well, I was okay, about to okay. on okay. an alt to learn even more. Just <laughs> <This> dream. <laughs> I was totally what on an alt, Sova. Absolutely. You were just yeah. playing Sova on two accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I had. I had my initial thought, yeah. which Hunter shot down prior to now. Okay, well, my, we need by accident. Text. I don't know how accident. much we've talked about this on the podcast already, but... Yeah, so I um, just announced before the act, I said, I'm going to be doing a secret challenge on an alt account that I'm not going to tell you guys about. And then I didn't realize I hadn't mentioned it was a locking one agent challenge. And, to, and then I just kind of casually mentioned that in conversation. Kath and Jace were like... Oh, we didn't know that. And I was like, ah, frick. <laughs> didn't no. need to reveal that. I forgot I hadn't said it. Okay, so my initial thought was you felt like you were you were hard stuck on your main and you wanted to bring an alt like try like fully trying and like actively trying to do well mm-hmm. uh, and go from new account to placed and to see where you would fall was my initial guess. Yeah. Uh which yeah. clearly that's not it given your locking one agent thing so my next guess would be gecko yeah except the 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 thing is there in that same conversation i believe he confirmed it wasn't gecko i strongly Um, implied it wouldn't be gecko but was that a misdirection well okay here here's the deal so the initial thought is this it's got to be gecko because he was just so upset that this, agent, yeah. that this agent challenge yeah. was happening when Gecko was coming out because he was like, man, yeah. I would love to play Gecko. Yeah. He said that so many times. He petitioned us to actually play Gecko yes, instead of yes. Sova. Um, so we thought, okay, like it's he's got to just be like, okay, on this alt, I'm just going to only play Gecko and learn the agent. But then that's what went, where my mind was at until this conversation where he revealed that it was an agent challenge, which I kind of already expected, but... Yeah. Um, I was assuming Gecko at that point. He also said, "Oh, Gecko would be way too obvious. I wouldn't do that." Yeah. What um, if he did anyway? What if? What to if? which case, I was thinking that that's just a flat out lie. Maybe he was trying to uh, trying to like backtrack a little bit from realizing <laughs> that the yeah. agent challenge was a thing. But then, mm-hmm. why? I mean, yeah, just just a blatant lie, misdirect. Yeah, it's oh, like, oh, it's run- not Gecko. Back from our Among Us days, you know? Sometimes you gotta use those mind games. So, I mean, I would be, with my prediction here, a little bit upset if it is Gecko, but, you know, I think whatever. Um, I think my my prediction is Harbor. Got it, got it. 
it's not a rerun on the Yoru. All right, Blade, you have, you know, just learned about this, but do you have a prediction? Well, I mean, I, I've been hearing about the challenge beforehand. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you hated Stova so much, so, like, I feel like controller's pretty out of the way. Um, the only way I could see it maybe being is Viper. Um, I'm actually okay. just looking at a list of agents right now to be yeah, like, yeah. what well, could Hunter, it be? Hunter plays Viper on Breeze. Like, yeah, that's what I'm... Instawox Viper on that. Yeah, like, I'm I'm kind of thinking it's Viper or Harbor, I think, are the two choices for me, honestly. Because yeah. Viper, like, she's been getting so much playtime in pro. Like, Ascent, they've been playing Viper on, and, like, I think it's getting results. I feel like if I wasn't just, like, a, a sheep, I'd like to play Viper on Ascent, but I'm just, like, <laughs> I play Omen. I go, I flash. Viper on Ascent is an interesting choice. I don't it's really an interesting like it. choice. I mean, yeah. it's just a like pro. Viper it's kind of crazy. Ascent. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird. I feel like Viper uh, on Ascent works with another controller. Yeah. It can. I mean, it's double like, controller is so, like... It's I would going like, huge right now. All right. Yeah. I would love to yeah. play double controller, but, like, who else actually likes to play controller besides... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's part of the problem. All right. Okay. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. I have yeah. one more thing that I was just thinking about in this Go conversation, ahead. Ahead. which is uh, Hunter, this last act, has been a Wahoojin simp. Mm. Oh, true. This is correct. Mm. Rain to lock in? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's been doing this fucking aim training, like trying to do that like every day or whatever. Like all this shit that he's talked about on the podcast. And he's also discussed how Wahoojin said, until you're in gold, just insta lock Reyna. But he now, is has correct. He, he he is gold, and I believe that he may have made it further than that um, on this account. But is it just on Reyna? That that's another I think strong mm. strong indication here. But Hunter not... does play Reyna on Icebox. This is correct. So this wouldn't be entirely novel to him. All right, yeah, Icebox is gone. You guys ready? Okay. Yeah. So when I was up in Canada, one of the things that I was hoping we would do more of, but we ended up doing a lot of cool things instead. Um, was me and Cass alternated uh, sitting at Cass's PC and playing Valorant. And we would alternate whenever someone died, we'd pass the sticks, as the kids say, and uh, you know, hit some push-ups. Yeah, so, playing jet. So um, basically, I was having a hard time adjusting to Cass's setup. And it was, it was kind of rough. And Cass was roasting my jet abilities. And I was like, bitch, I got my first jet ace before you knew what Valorant was. I'm fucking insta-locking jet <laughs> next act and seeing what can happen when I finally play a meta duelist. And, uh, and that's what I did. So I was an insta-lock no jet man. Yes, it was jet. None of you guys were close at all. Never, <laughs> okay, I would have guessed jet. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, that context is just a slight bit important, you know, where it's just yeah. like... He wants well, okay, to show but he didn't, he didn't tell but I guess that's me. probably everything oh, yeah. that happened. Or, like, that's probably your life's goal. It's like, Cass, you're fucking dog shit, and I want to show it right here. <laughs> yeah. So, Hunter, yeah, yeah. is mm -hmm. your jet a higher rank than mine? So, unfortunately, no. However, fortunately for me, um, I did hit plat two, which is two ranks higher than I'd ever hit. I'd only hit gold three before on any account, and I hit plat two, insta-locking, solo-queuing jet. Um, okay. So I feel pretty good about that, honestly. Um, yeah, and that's my peak rank as well. Re oh, really? I thought you hit plat three. Okay, no, he hit plat two. Oh, let's go! Let's go! Yeah, epic! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Thank you. Thank you. And it was really exciting as well hitting plat for the first time because I had mentioned to Chase that this might happen and then I didn't confirm that it happened. But like I grinded the heck out of swift plays to get to comp. Like I almost exclusively played swift plays because this account of this was an account that I made a long time ago with the intent of getting it to comp, but then I never did. So my first couple like my first couple wins, I was going up like over 30 rr before performance bonus and so i was like oh dude i, I was placing gold too i was placing gold too and i was like this feels like there might be a double promo that's a pretty coming. generous placement yeah yeah, yeah that's very generous that's good yeah but then like i you know i had a couple rough games in there and i was like oh i might have you know reduced my hidden mmr too much and then sure enough I, I promo from gold two to the highest rank I've ever been. I skip gold three to go to plat one. Oh my god, that was a euphoric experience to say the least. Well, so uh, the way it works is like your MMR or the way MMR systems work is as you play more games, usually you get less and less like per game up and down. There's this thing yeah. called like an uncertainty factor. Mm-hmm. that like gets reduced as you play more and more games so that's kind of how that works so if you want to try to climb high like and show off to your uh your valorant edator you know that you're yeah, trying yeah. to seduce mm-hmm. uh you you start on a fresh account to try to go like <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense uh, uh i mean speaking of mine like that's my account's three days old uh no not really I, <laughs> I've, I've literally only yeah. played on one account i Mm-hmm. I still need to get my alt to ever play ranked. I've only I've never used an alt except for playing um with my friends who one of them hates playing tax shooters. So funny, I'm just funny. like yeah. Oh yeah, I'm never getting that to ranked. Mm-hmm. Unless I want to play with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was an experience to say the least. Uh the double rank up to plat. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. I Thanks. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was really glad I hit plat two as well, because I felt like my getting to um, getting to plat one was mainly just based off of my swift play performance. Um, and I noticed there was actually a huge difference for me between playing swift play and playing comp because in swift play as jet, since, you know, I was mainly going just for the XP gains. Like I wanted to win the, the, the rounds because you get like that bonus in your uh, AP. I was saying XP, I mean, your at count points, but like, you know, it's a swift play. So like I was going full balls to the wall, hog wild, just, you know, being as aggressive as possible. So then it was very, you know, it was difficult for me hitting comp where I was like, I got to rein this in a little bit. I got to not throw <laughs> and still, you know, keep that aggression in hand. No, um, you, you in, in rank you should overheat on chat. Oh, Cass, your idea and my idea of overheating <laughs> are very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should be in their right. spawn twenty seconds after round starts. You know, I yeah, the thing, here's the thing is, Cass, <laughs> what you're saying is not what you do as Jet. No, 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 right? No, exactly. No, Hunter is much more likely to truly overheat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is very correct. I um, mean, it's really funny. So, um, yeah. I think it was a couple weeks ago when we had that one, uh, that one five stack where I just come in with my ascendant account to ruin everyone else's day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this uh I was I gotten back in the call after like getting my RR back uh, in one ranked game, thank God, instead of falling further down. Uh, and I was talking with Cass, and he was saying like Cipher probably wasn't actually the best choice for you guys to put put him on because mm-hmm. he's I mean he's a dirty like 
Jame Time Jet. He's just saving his his op every fucking round, <laughs> just being like, "Yeah, I, I held this angle, guys. No one yeah. came. Sorry." What Which I almost never did do? as Jet in comp or Swift play. <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. How did you like it? I I enjoyed it. I I loved it in Swift play. In comp, I found it to be much more stressful. So I really enjoyed it when I was having a, a good game. And I found it, I had to work really hard on keeping my mental solid when I had bad games. Because I have never been directly insulted and ridiculed by my own team as much as when I was doing this. There's something about being an Instalock jet that people just like, you know, they just have a higher standard for you, which, you know, makes sense. And like, there were plenty of... four of them also wanted to play jet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's a part of it as well. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the conversation about Rays as well, like we were having earlier, you know, there is some similarities to jet where jet, you definitely do need to get more kills than Rays, I think, to have impact. But there were plenty of times where I felt like I was doing a decent job of doing my role and the and uh just not doing the best in terms of winning duels and then my team was <laughs> really not doing so good but it looked worse on me than it did on my team in terms of the stat mm. line you know you see a jet not with many kills so like my tracker stats and i do feel like overall i did a good job of playing with the team because I, I can show you my tracker at some point but like my tracker that's a really bad <laughs> on my jet like i am like bottom tier because i had some i had like several like single digit kill games but, like, overall, I won more games than I lost. And, you know, that along with my solid, like, baseline established yeah. from this, the swift play of MMR was able to, you know, get me to, to plat two. So, but I... Yeah, uh, Hunter, Hunter yeah. talking about never having gotten shit on more. Oh, yeah. You definitely <laughs> get shit on with the yeah. Instalock when you're not having a good game. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, my, my best game ever, I'm pretty sure, dropped 44 kills playing Omen on Icebox, and I was so fucking furious at our Instalock jet. <laughs> so I was like, if I yeah, did this I on Omen, to this more. Just, yeah. I was like, imagine what I could have done on the jet. <laughs> I, was so yeah, I, don't, I don't relate pissed. to that part, but, like, when I, uh, so, I have, like, controller doubt when I do not play controller. Chase, I don't know if you have this feeling. Oh, all the time, all the time. Where, like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I decided to, oh, I'm branching out a little bit. I'm a little bit scared. Uh, I played Sova here where I could have played my Omen or my Brim or whatever. And then, like, you get this Smokes guy who has literally, like, three IQ and just, like, doesn't understand. <laughs> oh, when we're going on sm- on site, we smoke that yeah. thing? Wow. And, like, that is basically, like, it's hurt me enough to where it's, like, I guess I just play controller because I kind of know what to do. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking frustrating when you're just, like, what are you doing, guy? Like, I think smokes are probably the most influential utility in the game. Second is flashes. But smokes, I think you literally are asking to lose if you don't have them. Flashes you can get away with. No smokes, no problem. <laughs> well, I mean, Blake, one of the things that bothers me as well as someone who plays smokes a lot on my main is when people just like do the thing that people figured out within the first couple weeks of Valorant is bad, which is where you like have the smoke be like ballooning out. So it makes it easy for people to just, you know, flash out of the smoke. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Throw the or smoke peaking, in the right yeah, spot. Peaking from any, from yeah, any it's side. Yeah, it's more just like yeah. a swing yeah. from any given side. Like, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Like there's, people, there's times where that can yeah. actually be pretty useful if you oh, want to sure, try to like sure. bait them out. But yeah, like when people if just, it's not planned, they just do it because that's what they think is the default. But, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of one time. So like, I have a friend who I routinely get extremely frustrated when we play games together. Like, <laughs> uh, it yeah. was even last night. Every Friday we play drunk games together. Usually we end up on league. He's dog shit, <laughs> and like I had both league and Valorant. Yeah, Every game. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, fired. He's probably never going to hear this. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to listen to it, so he knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, Let's I'm going to send him the link. Uh, uh, the big yeah. Tony. timestamp. <laughs> yeah, so um, there was a time where, like, he put a smoke where we're supposed to go out, but it, like, domed out like that, and it worked out. And I was like, this is not how we're supposed to play the game. And he's like, it worked. Yeah. I'm like, no. God, no. It worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With essential results-based analysis. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Chase, no. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. I was, I was, a little, I was sweating a little bit when you were mentioning the Wahujin stuff because you are absolutely right that like Jet is one of the big <laughs> things that was like I need to trade my aim because okay yeah because like yeah you said the Reina I was like wait, yeah. Reina's close to Jet <laughs> yeah yeah you were so close there at the very end. Because, like, you know, one of the biggest things for me is playing... The Duelists I'd played a lot before are Neon, Phoenix, and Yoru. And all of the... And I guess you could throw Reyna in as well. And all of those, you know, you can do something to really disadvantage the enemy, like, when you peek them. Whereas with Jet, mostly, you know, you're... The first, you know, the first shot is a raw aim duel. And then maybe you can dash away. But, like, you know, having that mentality of, oh, I'm taking you know, a raw aim duel a lot of times versus, you know, I'm flashing and hoping to shoot someone who's flashed. You know, that was a very, that was very different for me. Or like, you know, sliding in and now I'm really hard to hit as Neon. Um, and I will say the biggest like benefit from the challenge is as a result of the aim training. My aim is definitely better now than it was, has ever been before. And I gained a lot of confidence because, you know, I had several games where I aimed if diamonds in my games and like before like the idea of like being better than a diamond at aim was like well just like when the diamond would be in the lobby when chase with his tracker app up would be like oh there's a diamond on the other team i'd you know i'd be quaking in my boots a little bit i'd be like all right okay you know i don't know about this but like the fact that you know i i mvp'd a game when i was in plat one and there was diamonds on both my team and the other team and it was like man i've made it like you know i've reached a new level of performance that i i had had never hit before Hunter, um, I love the whipping your dick out on the table and just grabbing them a yardstick. The ruler ain't good enough. Um, <laughs> like, God, I love that yeah. mentality. Yeah, I mean, Cass, I will say, the, there were several times this act where you would say something about Jet, like maybe it was our team's Jet, maybe it was something else, and I would give like a very detailed response. I was like, well, as Jet, I would think of this. And I'm like, oh God, am I being too obvious? Like, is Cass going to guess that like, <laughs> that's what I'm there. doing? No, I am <laughs> way, right. way too smooth-brained to pick up on that. Well, I mean, the thing um, is just, we discussed so much about Valorant in detail, like it didn't really stick out that much. Yeah. But like, I had a lot more detailed feedback on our Jet conversation than you would have expected probably. Mm. Yeah. But the, okay, so I got two questions for you. First yes. of all, well, I have one comment and then one question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed there was a point in one of our games in which I, mm-hmm. and this is this is at the start of the new act, so I was playing Jet here. Um, I started the round with an op. I did what I wanted to do with it, and then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm the duelist. It's time for me to go in. 
and I ran up to Hunter and I was like, yo, Hunter, SWAT. Yeah. And threw the off at him. And Hunter just threw me the rifle and I'm like, all right, good. Like, let's go in. Yeah. Um and I was just like, wow, like I'm surprised I didn't have to convince Hunter on that. I was yeah. I was gonna be like, well, yeah, but like, but like I, yeah. I, I'm supposed to entry, so give me the rifle so I can entry. I'm not gonna smoke and dash in with an off in my hands. Like, yeah. like I thought there was gonna be a little more uh like conversation that was gonna go down. Yeah, yeah, that's another like, thing. The amount of times we played death matches and I would op in the death match, yeah, and then yeah, you guys and would you start would, commenting yeah, yeah. on it and be like, Oh no, are they figuring yeah, it out? I would off in the death match, Okay, so my next question yeah. or like that, yeah. that was my comment. My question mm-hmm. is Are you op crutching now? Like do no. you op crutch on jet? I do, do not. You, when you have the money in the bank, yeah. Do you buy the op or do you buy the rifle? Oh, if I have the money in the bank, I'm always buying the op. But, like, I won't necessarily save for the op. And basically what I would do is if I I would sort of, like, if financially I could afford it, I would give it a try and see if it felt like it was making enough of an impact in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'd go back to rifling. And sometimes I would stick with the op. Um, I, I don't have... I haven't processed my clips from actual ranked, but after this podcast, I will show you guys... Uh, a highlight montage I made of my Swift play as Jet, which I think you guys might find amusing because there's some very wacky stuff that goes on in it. Oh, I'm very also, excited. S- small tidbit. Yeah. Hunter stole two aces from me <laughs> in the last uh, game we played. Neither of which did I, did I realize, for the record. <laughs> Fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> hey, I had an ace stolen in that game. Yeah. Man, that That's not surprising because you're going off. Good. Oh yeah, we, well, I mean, well, we were we were stomping really hard, the and then we started throwing, and they got. We, we started throwing really hard at the end. Yeah, yeah. we got to twelve, and they, it was like twelve six, and then it, like maybe it was even worse than that for them. But they they got like five yeah. rounds in a row at that yeah. point. So yeah, you guys I will be time yeah. to finish my swift play for the challenges. So it's just yeah, like good, good, good. done. I will say playing jet kept me sane as I was not really liking playing the sova. I was like, at least I can go back to jet and unleash all this pent up frustration on my phone. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you had something yeah. to fall back to, but also Thank at the you. same time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of against the. Uh, it's kind of cheating, yeah. yeah the, the morale. I, here's the thing. Here's the way I justified it to myself, and I think it's a fair justification. I had no interest in playing extra games on Sova and solo queue, and at worst, if you guys were going to be hopping on, and I was going to play Sova. I'd be like, oh, I'm finishing a game on my own. But like, I never took away from time I'd be spending with you guys playing Sova, and I wouldn't have solo queued Sova, regardless of the challenge. I would have played a different game. <laughs> so it was purely my that own time I was using for this challenge. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have one small comment about, like, I think some of your Sova comments from, I guess it was last episode. Uh, yeah. You were talking about, like, how much you were waiting for um, using your ulti and post-plant, and, like, doing that. I yeah. think lots of times that's just... I think that's a big mistake to people. Like, I need to have the perfect ult. Yeah. And that that never happens. I think using it for, like, any marginal value that could perhaps win you around, if it's, like, coordinating with the sight hit. So it's, like, if you throw your dart, time mm-hmm. to ulti for this. Like, like it, it's enough. Like, brim ulti, I think it's it's way better to, like, just use your ulti to, on fracture just to, like, clear out Mm -hmm. tower or anything just anything to make it to where you have a marginally better chance of winning the round versus like the pop-off play is worth it you should should debate this with chase because i would tend to agree with you but i was trying to really get into the head of a sova player and be more like chase and one of the things he said last podcast is wanting me to play for alt in post plant more 
Well, I'd be curious if your chase is rebuttal to that. Well, hold on. Before you get to that, I think there's one caveat. And it's, yeah. am I going to get another one this half? Because you reach true, a certain true. point in the yeah. half yeah. in which you're not going to be able to refill your ult unless you get, like, an ace and a 4K. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, like It's like, unless I pop the actual fuck off in the next, like, two rounds, I'm not getting another ult this half. And so I think there's a slight caveat of being like, hey, I could get value out of this. I'm not sure if it's going to win me a round. But maybe it could guarantee me a round next round. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I, I think Chase's rebuttal would be a good viewpoint here. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the mid-round ults I am totally okay with, and I've been trying oh. to do that more. Um, this is like specifically an attacker side thing because defense, you use it whenever you do get marginal value out of it. Uh, at least like I, I do, like if that's at the beginning of the round, if that's mid round, if that's late round, whatever, like I'm, if, if I have my ult and there are people in an area and I can be like, oh, I'm going to either push them away from here or hopefully trap them in a corner. Um, I'm just going to use it. But, um, on attack, I feel like I'm trying to do that a little bit more. What I don't like is the immediate off the rip ult um like i just don't feel like it gets a lot of value um unless it's like well executed with the rest of the team which um that's kind of what i was wanting hunter to stray away from more is like try to save that for a more impactful moment rather than being like oh i've had this for two rounds like let's just fucking use this off the rip um and then like at that point usually especially in ranked games like your team's still kind of defaulting checking stuff out like one person's doing a lurk up mid and two people are slowly encroaching onto site. And I'm like, okay, well now we haven't taken any space with the ult. Maybe you got a tag, but they're now healed up by the sage. Yeah. Like, there are um, definitely times I got a tag and ulted and got, sorry, I got a, I got a recon dart ping. And so I ult and get one tag and that's it. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there could yeah. be more impactful times to use it. So um, that's more what I was talking about. I think. So coordinating yeah, with and, and I better. think that post plan yeah. is a more guaranteed time. So I think that on attack, it's okay to wait um, more rounds to use that ult. Yeah. Why, don't, why don't you just turn on walls? True, true. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you know, I've been having that cheat on my computer since I started Valorant. And I just forget to turn it on. Yeah, like, like every I mean, time, that, I'm like, damn, really, I should have put it on for this game. That's a really useful one for so all of you. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, I was gonna say I, I like the brim ult off rip more like on defense more than i like the sova alt off rip um i think the brim alt off rip is is something that i didn't even really consider until chase you just brought it up uh, as like a comparable to the sova alt but i'm thinking like that's an avenue that they're not going to be in right like say we take uh take fine for example right you all on defense we're alting like sand Kind of that... Ah, fuck. How do I explain this? The area that defenders would push out of the spawn barriers into that sand area in front of Hookah and by TP. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like... Uh, I don't know what you call, Might call be long. connector. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By no, the, like, yeah, was, yeah, like that connect area. Like, no, this is like alt, be short. Yeah, okay. So you all... Yeah, you oh, all yeah. be short, right? We flash out of Hookah. We swing that. Right? Because the the problem is if you're lined up there right on barrier drop, your your choices are now fall back or try to fall back and die in the brim alt, or you have to swing this angle 
and we're flashing it and we're ready to go. And worst case scenario, we have that entire fucking area. Right? Like, I, I, I kind of like that idea, which I didn't really think of until you literally just brought this up. Um, but it's like, hey, I'm alting where you would be standing if the barriers drop, or like when the barriers drop, and I'm going to force you to push into our utility that we're also planning on throwing right there if you want to live. Yeah, I'm just saying that that the same way that I was talking about on offense off the rip ults, mm-hmm. like you need team coordination to do that. Yeah. Uh, and to get good value out of it. And so that that's really what I was saying. Um, well, like, I, I think that needs a bit less team coordination than like an offensive off the rip. The offensive off the rip is like, hey, guys, like, let's take site fast. I can guarantee that they won't be here. Yeah, I right. like plan plan your utility accordingly as we're pushing onto site. I feel like that's a bit more of an ask. Whereas, uh, hey, Ko, can you right click this angle, and then two of us, like you and I, swing off this because either they're dead in my alt because they tried to fall back, or they're pushing into your flash. I, I feel like it's a lot easier of an ask, um, especially in a ranked scenario. And like I like I I only just thought of this and I fucking love that idea and I think we should put it into play at some point. I uh, I think I have like a pretty big objection to that. Like so, you're take, talking most about Brimulti off rip, but lots of times it's just like ultimates off rip in general. I think Brimult specifically, like that is a potential useful thing, and I think that can be used. But I think Brim's ulti is way better used to be like to separate a site hit once you know it's happening you're like okay well i ulti them off so they either have a choice to push through or come back and if some people make one decision other people make the other it's super easy to pick those two off and you're just like i'm at a huge advantage here versus doing that like they could just be not there at all which is be on the other site it's just a gamble right yeah, that's a gamble, yeah. and it could be used for sure, but I just think with Brimult specifically, like, I feel like that is, like, the most useful ult in the game, like, in terms of, I know what this is going to do to them, and I think stopping sight hits or disrupting them is probably the best thing you can do on defense with it. I, I like, I definitely see what you're, like, what you're going for, um, and that, like, you definitely get more out of what you're talking about, of, like, the, the guaranteed value out of that. Like, if you drop this on a choke as the site hits coming through, you get guaranteed value out of that. Whereas dropping it off rip is, is yeah, a bit of a gamble, but there are definitely rounds in which you have certain ults, and I feel like the gambles are worthwhile taking. It's like, like yeah. 25% on most maps, though, too, right? Well, yeah, with like they're here. Maybe sl- well, yeah. I think it's, Maybe it's, I think slight, it's slightly more. Closer. It's more because people like split pushes and stuff. But. Yeah, I, I think it's slightly closer to 50 50. Um, and I'm just bringing bind up as an example where it's more. I think common. bind's probably best case scenario. Yeah, I, I think bind is probably best case scenario. Um, especially as you're pointing out. It's specifically where you stated was best case scenario because that is a very weird spot where you don't really have an option to back up. Or, Backing up takes a long time, mm-hmm. whereas, uh, like, if you did it sans, for example, that would be 
way easier for them to get out. Um, for um, short, it's way easier to just like separate two ways. Mm-hmm. So it's like there, there's definitely merit in that. And like Valorant is all a game of like percent chance of things happening, and there can be value out of doing a play like that. It's like lots of times I just don't see like risking it unless it's like fuck it we ball we're <laughs> we're doing a whole play centered around taking yeah be short control we're we're exploding off this and we'll rotate and retake a yeah it, along that, along those lines blade i do like that idea of doing the alt comboed with you know the idea this is going to be a huge distraction for the enemies and we can use that to gain all kinds of map control from the defensive side, and then, like, you know, swarm around them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that kind of brings me up to, like, a smaller topic. Um, So, have you guys, like, do do you know the idea of, like, the fog of war? Have you ever heard of that term? Yes. From chess? Yes. It's it's literally a thing from XCOM as well. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mechanic in League of Legends as well, and it's actual, actual war, too surprisingly fog of war <laughs> but yeah. like um the idea is that like you have areas that you know and areas that you don't know and like valorant is like that whole game of you're trying to find these areas uh like barrier drop you obviously have perfect information within your barriers that there's no enemies here whatever and then as the round goes along it gets more and more confusing so, um, like, doing that is almost like a fog of war play where you're, like, vying for more control of information, but you're also losing some information, too, because you're probably overstacking where you're centering that around. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a gamble, but it's, like, a very interesting one that kind of makes the whole game more confusing for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chase, for reference, do you know what fog of war is? Well, I've got I've gathered it through this uh, through this uh, explanation quite quite easily. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I need any any further explanation. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's definitely right. Like you're taking the time where you have the most concrete information about the fog, and saying uh, we're going to clear the fog in this area, like yeah. immediately. So now yeah. we have the most concrete information we possibly can. Um, but then yeah, the trade off is interesting because you can more quickly lose information on other parts of the map because you're probably overstacking for that play. I, and what I'm saying is, on, on Bind specifically, I don't think you need to overstack for this. Like given the, given the scenario I laid out, you have a Flash Agent and Brim sitting hookah. Yeah, but we also, did, we also said this is the yeah, most yeah, this ideal is, scenario. This is probably the most ideal scenario, and I'm not arguing against that. Um... But like, yeah, like it, given this scenario, right? You you have a a brimstone with all and a flash agent sitting hookah, and one person can hold long, one person can hold a short, one person can hold a showers, um, and you can play very passively on those three angles and maintain whatever barrier drop was, right? And like, maybe you want to get a bit cheeky, maybe you want to take the next angle after barrier drop, go for it. But like. You're you're not risking a ton in this given scenario. Now I understand when we take it to a different map that that 
falls apart a bit, right? Like, say we take this to split. Defense, you drop it right outside barrier drop on B garage. Well, you would need two people holding B garage to make this, or, well, you would probably want the brim and you'd probably want a flash agent for, for B garage, and now you're much weaker on other areas of the map. Um, you probably have someone holding ramps, and then you probably have someone holding heaven and fifth person's a flipper, right? Being vents or a site or screens. Um, like, I understand it doesn't work as well on other maps, but like, I think there's some potential here in being like somebody reading what the enemy team wants to go for, and you happen to have this brim all top. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely merit in it. And I think um, probably the best time to use it, like, I could easily see that being very useful in Ascent, too. Like, say, K or not KO, uh, KJ has ulti. So, like, they might want to try for a B play or an A play, and they might try to rush it, something like that. That'd be a really good time to try to gamble a, like, a full-on, like, anti, or what is it? What do the pros call it? Like a flood? Like into B yeah. site with your ulti. Mm -hmm. And you're just trying to disrupt everything that they might have had planned based on the ult economy. Right, yeah. yeah. When when you can make a better Battery read of the low. scenario based on what they're probably trying to go for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think that's probably one of the most fascinating things about Valorant is like the ult economy within attack shooter. Like I think that's a really fun aspect in terms of like understanding like you look at the scoreboard, you're like, oh, these people have ultis? That's probably what they want to do. Or if they were smart, or if I was them, this is what I, they would want to do. Yeah. Well, that's me calling me smart, but I'm just yeah. an ascendant shitter. No, so. that, that reminds <laughs> me of fucking Sideshow ripping on Carmine Core. You fucking melons, off. come on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're trying to pull off the most classic, like, Omen TP alt play. And they just like sent somebody into a site by themselves with Spike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that and then one. They die. Uh, and brutal. then, and then they're like, and he's just sitting there as the, like, not even casting the game, just like having his own stream on it, and just being like, "You fucking idiots! Of course they know you have Omen Alt. Yeah. Like it's not ranked. You're not going to see the Spike and fucking flood it." Like, yeah, I mean, you know that, like, they know that this person was by themselves, and you're just gonna ult to get Spike. Like, now in a ranked game, that would probably work fucking wonders. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's uh, been hilarious seeing how Carmine Core just following, not really watching their games, but following from the Reddit threads and stuff, how, you know, now that they've brought in a new player and replaced Scream as IGL, all of a sudden their game planning and mid-rounding doesn't just look abysmal. <laughs> like, there's a yeah, big difference now. Yeah, again, because he doesn't have to use his brain power on uh, yeah. actually thinking, he has to just mm -hmm. click heads. Right, because he's great at clicking heads, and he thinks he's great at IGLing, but he is incredibly delusional with that. Yeah. The thing is he could, he could be almost all right but um I was watching Steel stream actually during his uh the disguise match where he was benched or I don't know the situation it's extremely muddy. Um Yep. But he was talking like there were these people who were like, "Well, is Valorant more complex than CS?" And he's like, "Dude, like obviously like there's so much more you have to think of. Like he was saying in CS, you could just have one person 
be like, okay, well, like this is the smokes you throw. These are the flashes you throw. And this is what you do. You can have like a mastermind do that, but are you going to have one person find the Sova, the Sova dart and the Sova drone and the KO flash and the KO dart or the KO knife and the KJ setup that most complements this and what happens with the ults? It's like there's so much more thinking pieces in Valorant compared to Counter Strike. Counter Strike's obviously still complex. I'm mm-hmm. not like I'm not dogging Counter Strike for saying this, but there is so much more infinite complexities with having these different agent roles. Like, say you like you get a trade and you kill Jet for K or Jet for KO. It's like, what does that do for you? And I think that's a very interesting thing about yeah. Valorant specifically. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that reminds absolutely. me of the fact that I'm very glad to hear you say that, Blake, because there are still some a lot of people online who are just like CS simps, and they'll be like, oh, Valorant's the inferior game. I was getting into some Reddit arguments over the past week where someone was like, you know, pushes glasses up nose. Um, yeah, the, using the, the gun finger. Yeah, what, what finger you do you can't use? use the, you can't use the point. You can use literally any other finger besides the pointer finger to push your glasses up your nose. The middle finger is the best one. Um, You're flicking them off, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The middle finger is yeah. the best one, but like you can use literally anything but your pointer finger to push the glasses up the nose and look nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh... I mean, if you want to be a weeb, you can do like this because of One Piece. Oh, uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Only Cass would get that reference here. <laughs> I definitely yeah, get only that weebs reference. would understand that reference because they're not watching you do the hand motion. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah anyway, true, I forgot about it. Yeah, as I was saying, you know, I saw some idiot being like. Well, you know, the gunplay of Valorant just really isn't up to par in ter- compared to, you know, to, to be a competitive professional shooter. It just isn't up to par. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're literally just comparing to CS. <laughs> like, there's no other competitive shooter that's, like, doing better than Valorant. That Valorant is subpar to. Yeah. I don't really, I, I don't know how Rainbow Six works. But, like... Yeah. Like I, I, I see people making arguments against the uh the RNG spray patterns. And like they've got a point. No, they don't. Oh my I will fight you on this, Cass. Like, like I will fight you on this. This this seems like a lot and I need to go to bed, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll table this for the yeah. next uh podcast. All right. And then yeah, the other thing that we're gonna have to save till next podcast is uh, and now for reference, not saying I would have done a better job. But Hunter, I got a bone or two to pick with you about the IGLing in our premiere game. Okay, well, I'm going to take a look at the uh, the uh, VOD as well. I'll have my yeah. own thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, uh, with that, I think that's... Yeah, Chase and I definitely got to go to bed here. And you guys are on different time zones than us and probably it's should probably be on the like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't got work tomorrow. Later. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't work tomorrow either, but like... Dude, 3 a.m., like, that's... That's basically when I end my game nights on Fridays anyways, you know, I'm just... <laughs> hey, me and Blade are on the same page, let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, I'm tired. Going to the gym after this, after being yeah. drunk? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we spent... I spent way too many fucking hours in the car. I gotta go to bed. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Well, Blade, it was wonderful having you on. I'm glad we were able to, to make it work this week. Yes, yep. likewise. Um, Chase, you wanna take everybody? us out? Yeah, we'll drink with you later.